Hello, it's Scott Hamilton with another podcast for your ears. I'm Rockfile, by the way, and thanks for listening. Um, this is podcast number 23, a review of the brand new high-definition release of the original Ultraman TV series. If you didn't grow up with this, you may want to tune out. <laughs> but if you did, you need to pick this up, the short and sweet of it. From the land of light, for justice's sake, he has come. It's Ultraman. If that doesn't do anything for you, this may not be your release, but Ultraman was a TV show that ran from 1966 to 1967 in Japan, and it dominated the ratings. It was from a creator who had worked on Godzilla, Mothra, Ghidra, you know, he had worked on some of the classic monster films, and they wanted to adapt that kind of thing for TV. Now, the first show, Ultra Q, I haven't watched yet, but I did pick up a copy of it because I want to see how this all came about. It's a black and white show, and at the time, it was the most expensive show that Japan had ever produced for TV. Anyway, when that was a success, and a big success it was, they wanted to make a show that they could sell to America. Honest Engine. A lot of people nowadays go back and go, well, America bought the rights and they chopped it up and they edited it and they, they put their own soundtrack on it. No, Japan wanted to sell a color monster movie of the week kind of TV show to America for syndication. And they were wise to do so because it ran for over two decades on American TV and is being released on Blu-ray this week. So obviously there's still a fan base for it. And Ultraman did launch, and Ultra Q launch a long-running series of movies and TV show uh, shows that Mill Creek Entertainment has picked up the rights to. And they're going to be releasing all of this stuff. Now, I didn't see any of the stuff that came later. I see some of the toys and stuff. I'm like, wow, there's all sorts of different Ultraman, which they did allude to in the original show, but there have been Ultra families and Ultra bad guys. And, you know, it's it's been quite the... It'll be interesting to see how these things go. So anyway, long story short, uh, these just came out on Tuesday, October 15th. And um, as a fan growing up, I had these on DVD. There was a, a DVD set release that you can get at like $12. It's really incredibly cheap to get all of these. But they were subpar transfers. And, it, you know, it just, it, they didn't spend any, they just threw them on a disc and here, buy these in the dollar store or whatever. Mill Creek is a company that produced those things, the, those dollar Blu-rays and DVDs that you find at the dollar store, a lot of straight-to-video stuff, a lot of B-movies, a lot of bad things that nobody really owned the rights to or they could get the rights really cheap, and they'd slap them on a disc, and sometimes it was subpar. Not always. Sometimes they got a good master from Sony or whoever and released it, but for the most part, they were a company that built on putting those five westerns you've never seen on a disc and things like that, or five martial arts movies, and... Uh, as they went on as a company, now they have started getting serious. In the last year, they've released some big anime movies with brand new sparkling transfers in steel books with extras, with booklets and that kind of thing. So they're really lavishing a lot of attention on the Ultraman series. Like I said, I'll do a different review for Ultra Q, the first series that started all this off. But the second series, Ultraman, ran in Japan from 66 to 67. Then it was brought over here and... I would literally get up early to watch it in Speed Racer. These were my favorite two TV shows. If you've never seen an Ultraman, it's basically a Godzilla movie in less than a half an hour. I mean, that's really what it was designed to be. Uh, it's about a space force. They're protecting Earth from any any weird things that happen. And in the very first episode, Hayata, one the main character, um, crashes into 
a being from another planet and is killed, basically. But the being from the other planet, he's like, you know, this was my fault. I was chasing a monster. I didn't mean to hit you. I didn't mean to kill you. So I'm going to merge my life with yours. And Hayata's like, well, what does that mean? Well, it means I will be part of you. And here's this beta capsule. And he gives him this little pen light looking thing and says, when you're in an emergency, use that. Well, Hayata really doesn't know what this all means, but he knows he's alive. And, and he hooks back up with his friends and lets them know he's alive after this big crash. And there was a monster in the lake. And so it's, it's yes, it's a, it's a guy in a rubber suit kind of show where they step on buildings and things like that. But due to what happens in the first episode, he's seriously injured and he's got no other choice but to fire off this beta capsule and he becomes Ultraman. Ultraman's like 55 feet tall. You know, I mean, and he fights these monsters. It's it's a blend of martial arts and wrestling. And, and sure, it's silly. But looking at them now and what Mill Creek has done with these things, there's no wires. The special effects look great. The Technicolor film looks amazing. Some of the indoor shots are a little grainy. Some of the shots you could tell they didn't get the original master maybe. But then again, some a lot of the shots, especially the outdoor shots, are crystal clear like a movie that was filmed yesterday. And again, there's a cheesy aspect to these. They're kaiju movies in 25-minute form. Each episode without commercials is about 25 and a half minutes. Um, this collection, Ultraman Series 2, is the entire Ultraman collection. 39 episodes spread across six discs. It's 16 and a half hours of Ultraman for the first time in high definition. And I gotta say, even the sound was pretty good. Now, for people that don't like subtitles, there is no English dub. And if you remember, and you can look it up on YouTube, the English dub is what made these really silly because, you know, in English dubbing, we feel like we have to put a sound with every lip movement of anybody in a foreign film. So there was a lot of, oh, 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 you know, there's, <laughs> and there's not so much of that in the original Japanese language. And it is in Japanese. It is subtitled. They haven't done it in multi you know, channel surround sound. It wasn't available that way. But the two-channel mono that they're using uh, was really cluster crystal clear and sounded great when I was watching the first couple episodes last night. I was very excited to see this. It is in a DTS HD Master Audio 2.0, so there is a bit of dynamic range. And not all of the footage in the shows looks amazing, I will give you that, but overall, this is night and day difference over the cheap DVDs you can buy. So if you have any uh, nostalgic connection to Ultraman, or you're curious about one of the biggest TV shows to come out of Japan in the late 60s, check out Ultraman. It's groovy. <laughs> it's fun. The the model work is amazing. Uh, the, the houses and the buildings they run into have multiple floors. There's internal parts to these things. Um, and what I was really shocked with, there's a lot of flying around. Uh, the Space Force has uh, a few VTOL ships uh, that can, you know, uh, vertically land and take off. And they have jets of fire coming out of the back of them and out of the bottom of them. And it was amazing to me that I, you, there are no wires. I don't know <clears throat> if they did too much digital cleanup on these old things, but I don't remember them looking this good. This, I won't, don't want to say realistic because it's obviously a model in a, in a small man-sized soundstage you know it's not it's not outdoor not cg not superimposed on a green screen these were real practical effects and the monsters designs they spent a lot of money on that 
Ultraman has a cool, simple, but cool costume. He has multiple attacks he can do on the monsters. Um, and the monsters, each week, you got a different monster, really creative designs. And really, whoever crafted these things really knew what they were doing. They, they stand up with some of the best monsters in the Godzilla era of movies. So if you have an interest in checking out some kaiju in bite-sized pieces, like I said, each episode is only 25 minutes, um... It ran a lot faster. To, it felt faster to me. I mean, the, the debut episode is, was actually quite good. Um, and I guess it probably is because it's in Japanese and not in our cheesy American dubbing. So I've really got to give my highest recommendation to the new versions of Ultraman that are out there. They're released on Blu-ray this week. You can pick them up either in a digipack or in a steelbook. It comes with a booklet that outlines the episodes, the monsters, some of the background on Ultraman, some of the background on the filmmakers. Really a nice little package for like 25 bucks. And like I said, you get two seasons, you get the whole 39 episodes. It'll be interesting to see as the movies and the TV shows are released that came later. Like I said, I'm not familiar with any of them. They didn't really play over here. And um, it obviously was a big cultural phenomenon over there. But if you love Ultraman, it was something you grew up with. I would highly recommend picking this up. And just a brief thing that I'm going to add to some of my reviews. Home video is still there, still around. I know everybody's streaming everything, but the thought has always been on my mind since the early days of Netflix. What happens when your streaming company loses the rights to one of your favorite movies or one of your favorite TV shows? You can't watch it anymore. Um, and what's happening now with Disney pulling their stuff off of Netflix and other companies pulling their stuff off Amazon and putting it on their own service, now, these days, we have to pay for multiple services to get pretty much everything you want to see. And I don't really want to do that. I don't want to pay 10 different monthly fees to see this on this network and this on this network. Let's go back to cable if we're going to do this. Come on. But I do like the Disney service quite a bit. They're going to have quite a bit of content that I will probably pay for. And I do like Netflix and I do uh, like Amazon Prime. I use those quite a bit. I stopped using Hulu because even when you pay for the the top tier with no commercials, you still get commercials. And it's not like I have anything against commercials, but if I'm paying for a service, if, if I'm paying a monthly fee to view something, don't try and sell me something else. You already got my money for that. So anyway, long story short, the PlayStation 5 was recently announced and will have a 4K Blu-ray player in it. And that comes out Christmas of 2020. So home video will still be around. If there is a movie out there that you really like, buy a copy of it. With the new, the latest Blu-rays and definitely with 4K, you are future-proofing your ability to watch these on the bigger screens as they come out. We're eventually going to have screens larger than 100 inches in our homes. We're probably going to have a whole wall for a screen. And you still have DVD, you're going to do streaming, you're going to notice the artifacts, you're going to notice the compression, you're going to notice how it's not that great of quality. And so I have a large Blu-ray collection. I am replacing some of my favorite movies with the new 4K, especially if it's a native scan. If it if it was, you know, they rescanned the original 35 millimeter film in 4K, it looks... The new version of The Shining looks incredible. 2001 A Space Odyssey looks amazing. You cannot believe how good these things look in 4K. Not everything. Movie studios are still putting out um, 2K upscales, and, and they look better. HDR makes them look better. But what you're getting is a higher resolution image that you can blow up bigger with a projector or a bigger screen. So again, your future 
proofing your favorite things. I don't suggest you buy everything that comes out, but while we still have the opportunity to pick up some home video titles, pick up your favorite movies. You know, pick up Star Wars, pick up Star Trek, whatever you're into. The Lord of the Rings is eventually going to get a 4K release, and I think that's going to look amazing. So anyway, long story short, I'm a big proponent of, of home video releases. I use streaming. I rent things streaming. I've bought a couple digital copies, which is against my grain, but um, again, if those streaming services go away, how are you going to watch those things? I still have hard copies of Ultraman. I can pop in and watch his adventures every week. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Obviously, I'm a geek about music and movies, so please subscribe to my podcast. You will get more reviews, top 10 lists, interviews, anything I can think of to record. If you like the sound of my voice, you're going to hear a lot of it. <laughs> I really appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.